Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up show here on Ready Check Radio. I'm your host, as I am every week, Mike Byrne. We're live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, so we're, we're ready to go here with episode 60. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got chat live, ready to chat with us and give us their opinions on everything we talk about today. And, of course, we would love your opinions in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Music, uh, Audible, all the places we're available. While you're there, do us a favor. Click like, click follow, click subscribe. All that good stuff. If you like what we do here, tell a friend or two or three or like 500. Like if you're a YouTuber with 1 million subs, send them on over. It's fine. You know, we don't mind. It'd be great. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Check out readycheckradio.com for all of our backlog of Gaming Gumbo, The Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix show, and even episodes of Snowbound, our Blizzard show, still on hiatus until they can uh, get their employees to stop touching each other. On the line, joining me to go over all of it, Mr. Troy Blackburn, the noob fridge himself. What's up, sir? Hey, if you want to uh, take part in all the important business decisions of Ready Check Radio, you should be in the pre or post show because that's <laughs> when we make all of our decisions live that's on the street. Live by the seat <laughs> of our pants. We just kiggles in chat. Oh, my God, I got to get kiggles on a show. I totally forgot all about that since we weren't raiding anymore, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I totally owe kiggles a show. What's up, kegs? You know I love you, my friend. Uh, also on the line, Dom Greco. What's up, sir? Chat giving you the happy birthdays already. It's not my birthday. <laughs> it's just, it's still going on. It's a week later and it's still going on. Well, it has not stopped every single day. It's just, apparently, they're all my birthday. As soon as the audio went live with pre-show and they heard your voice, happy birthday yeah. Dom just started yeah. going. And, and I told everybody before you had arrived, last week we were joking, but this week, seriously, it was your birthday. So... <laughs> <laughs> mm. Birthday's like a week before yours. Why? Why? Oh, next why? Week. <laughs> next week is your birthday. Is it next week? No, next, it's next, next week would be Burns' birthday then. It's if, next. If week. I'm a week before, right? It's next. Well, no, no, because next week's your real birthday. So mine would be yeah. the following. <laughs> mine would be the following. <laughs> Everybody tune in next week. Wish Nam a happy birthday. Yeah, uh -huh. Yod uh, forecasted right now are scheduled to be back next week. Uh, he finished his PC build. He was he finished the hard build part, uh, hardware build part of it yesterday. Was running with Windows 11 and getting things set up today. So uh, should be back and ready for action next week with Yod and Dom. And then we're just going to cycle through and, you know, give everybody two on one off. Always appreciate my host volunteering their time. Absolutely love, love them. Hey, this week, gents, uh, on the Final Fantasy XIV side of things, if you go back and look at the Relic Grind, uh, which is on readycheckradio.com and on our YouTube, uh, and audio version's up too, you, you can listen to a rather lengthy discussion about add-ons, right? That was like a big deal that happened in Final Fantasy XIV this week. Obviously, add-ons not allowed by their terms of service. It's always been kind of handled with a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. We can't 
detect if you're using them, but obviously if you stream and use them and somebody turns you in or you bash somebody in chat by linking a, you know, a DPS act uh, meter or whatever, we're going to ban you or we're going to uh, suspend you depending on number of violations, etc. And, and so it opened this whole discussion. Now, I don't want to rehash that portion of the discussion. Go check out the relic grind for that in the context of Final Fantasy XIV where all this happened. But since I do have myself being an old wowhead and two old wowheads here, Troy back in the day, Dom a little more recently, you and I as, as part of the same raiding group through um, uh, heroic and mythic raids for 9.1, 9.2-ish, 2-ish, because <laughs> then, yeah, we both were like, yeah, yeah. no, no, no thanks, Blizz. Uh, but for 9.0 and 9.1, definitely, you know, we did the, the whole heroic and mythic stuff there. I do want to get your take on the general feel of add-ons when it comes to particularly MMORPGs, right? I'm not talking about when you go play Skyrim and you put on that graphic mod, right, to make oh, Thomas the Tank, right, to make everybody in yeah in Resident Evil uh, Village <laughs> everybody gets the Thomas the Tank face. Like I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about actual game file touching stuff, not modifying, not cheats, not hacks. But things like in World of Warcraft, deadly boss mods, big wigs, uh, recount the DPS meters, you know, anything like that. Because I think World of Warcraft is in a little bit of a different spot than w where we are with Final Fantasy XIV. And I'm not saying yep. it's a better spot. In fact, I, I think it's a spot you really don't want to be in as a developer. Uh, and I think Final Fantasy XIV may end up in that spot, which is unfortunate if they don't do something a bit more consistent now. But Ian, even Ian Hazacostas, in an interview with Asmongold this past week, and say what you will about Asmund, whether you like him or not, doesn't matter for this, he did bring up, hey, when you design raid encounters, uh, do you take into account these add-ons? And Ian kind of said, we have to. Like, they're so prevalent yeah. that we have to. If we designed raid encounters without those in mind, they actually, our audience would just find them way too easy. Because since they have weak auras and countdown timers and call outs and like all these different things, it can trivialize a fight that isn't designed with those add-ons in mind to be happening. Now they do plan in Dragonflight to make some changes to UI and things like that and maybe steal some of the functionality of some of these add-ons in the way they want them implemented rather than, you know, making you use the add-on. Uh, but they've, they've kind of boxed themselves in here. And at some point, if they want out of that box, really the only way to do it is to shut off add-ons, which Asman did ask about, and he said it's, it's a weird line. Like, if we don't want you to have this particular functionality, we could go ahead and take it out. But then we might inadvertently break nine other add-ons that are just raid frames or unit frames or graphic displays that we don't mind, but because they all touch the same API, you end up breaking a lot of things. So they're in this weird box. Dom, yeah, how, a... how do you feel about add-ons in general when it comes to, to like World of Warcraft in particular, since that's a, a lot of your raiding mm. and add-on experience? How do you feel about them? Do they trivialize content? Uh, do they serve a benefit? Uh, are there, you know, is it possible to draw a line between these ones are okay and these ones aren't? Or is the API just the API? Like what is, what's your general feeling about all of it? I mean, I think they definitely trivialize encounters for sure. Cause I remember, you know, 
early days raiding molten core back you know before we really had add-ons and knew what we were doing and we were struggling like getting the timing down for like the fear on magmadar i remember that specifically and then it's like we got an add-on for it and our tank was able to uh uh stance shift uh stance dance or whatever they called it uh to prevent the fear from going off and it, since he had the timer down like with with the add-on it made it so trivial that we, we one shot the encounter uh first time we had the add-on so it's it's stuff like that that yeah i definitely think add-ons are a problem in that regard because because having to design an encounter and stuff around the knowledge that people have these add-ons is, is really frustrating but at the same time i feel add-ons in general when not related to boss encounter can help increase the longevity of a game because when you know a team is slacking like the ui design for wow you can have an add-on person come in and touch that up and make it look way better than anything that you can get in way less time that you would be, be able to get because it's taken what 15 years for them to to redesign right. or right. plus you know to redesign the ui so you know add-ons have been doing this forever you know and maybe yeah. it was just it was lazy because they were doing it or who knows yeah and baron uh of course bringing up what what where, where we were going to go next with this troy the flip side of that is if you're designing with these add-ons in mind then they almost become required right if you don't use these add-ons the fight is exponentially harder for you because it was designed with these add-ons giving you extra information that maybe the ui itself isn't giving you in mind so it almost makes you as a newer wow player uh, with your guild feel like you have to go get these damn things whether you want them or not whether you know how they work whether you know what they do whether you know you're getting them from a trustworthy source etc it's now wow's a little bit different in that again because you've got curse and an overwolf kind of bucketing everything together there so generally speaking in most cases you're going to be security fine but there's still almost that feeling of I need it. And if I need it, why isn't it in the damn game? And even back in my day, uh, when I was progression rating, it, was, it wasn't it was as much as I need it as it was the guild leader says, if you don't have it, you don't come along, period. Because uh, you need to know what's going on. Because like you said, the, they get to the point where the fights are developed to require these add-ons, basically. Even back in the Wrath of the Lich King, when it was really becoming prevalent, um, the, the, the bosses were already being designed, uh, knowing that DBM was out there and that raid teams were gonna have it, so they wanted to make sure that you were gonna have to have it if you were gonna do it. They made their fights harder that way. Even in something like Star Wars The Old Republic, where there, there's not a there's not big add-ons, they're not really officially supported, you can still get DPS meters because you can, uh, internally combat log to files within the game and so there are external programs that will read those combat files and crank out a dps meter that you can share amongst your group um, outside of the actual game but even in games like that where there's you know not official support of add-ons being used within the game they're still being used outside of the game and filling in what is basically short company shortcomings that the developers have left in their games as yeah. far as the players are concerned. Right, but they also can take it a step further. Like, I, I'm going to give you more sidebarring here uh, a little bit. more, little more time on this than I want to do, but Torchwick <laughs> is not uh, streaming after the show tonight. He needs a, another weekend of recovery. May is very, very busy for, for a high school senior about to graduate. So, mm -hmm. um, so we can go as long as we want. Uh, I remember distinctly the Blood Council fight, Dom. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, yep. and that was in 9 uh, Castle Nathria. And if you were uh, DPS, there was a mechanic in that fight where we, we called it the dance, right? You got to do the dance. You know, hearkening back to the safety dance. Move it, move it. Move it, move it. And uh, all it was was everybody was stacked up, and if you got this debuff on you, it was going to trail and drop deep, you know, DPS bad puddles behind you. And so you just started booking it to the right until it wore off, and then you circled down and back around into the group. The number of people that needed a weak aura to tell them when to move was always staggering to me. Yeah. Was or, always or people that need the the audio call out on top of the weak aura. Yeah. You know, we had to have somebody physically call it out, move it, move it, you know, or or name the players that were targeted or you know like uh you know, and and maybe you know there are some fights where maybe the UI gets a little too busy and you're like, mm, that should be displayed a little better, but now at least I know where to look for it." Right? You know, I should have should have been given a little more information from the WoW UI. But I just, I I was always amazed by, this is a simple mechanic. If you get the dot, run to the right. If you don't, take a step to the left real quick, just so the initial Mm -hmm. puddles maybe don't hit you. And then when you're done, don't run back across the puddles you just dropped. Come down and get back into the group. The number of times that it was just like wiping and people needing weak auras to say step left, run right. Uh, I don't have a problem with like call outs. Like if I'm the raid leader, right, and you guys are in my group and I'm watching the cast bar, a general UI element, right, uh, and I see, uh oh, here comes the tank buster, you know, and maybe Troy absolutely knows when the tank busters are happening and he's not going to have any problem with it. I'm calling it out for the sake of everybody. Right, mm-hmm. Troy. I'm reminding in case he forgets. I'm also reminding the healers. You know, don't shit your pants if if Troy goes down to twenty percent health all of a sudden. Just get prepped. You know, you're gonna have to top him off. I'm prepping the DPS to not get spooked. The tank is about to take a lot of damage. Like calling the stuff out. I really don't have a problem with that. Like so, for the raid leader was like, "Hey, dance, dance, move it, move it." Cool. Oh, shit, let me look up. Did I get the debuff? No, I didn't. Okay. But I was always just amazed at some of the more simple mechanics that people needed an add-on for. And I'm not great at MMOs. I'm not world-firsting any... I've I've got yep. 25 years of experience with them, so I'm damn good at them. Uh, the ones I sink enough time into to become good. But it just always amazed me, Dom, that it's it kind of shifted to this like almost reliance on them in yeah. world of then, warcraft now and then even so on, on Warcraft, we had i remember in uh also in vanilla when uh the top two guilds were working on uh, server progression uh one of the it was a guild on the alliance side uh had actually wrote an add-on um and they were using it internally and then they like gave it out to other of the top end guilds to try and hard-coded into the background was like your class and all your your character's name and your class that the person who wrote the add-on could see, right? So you would see, oh, our guild is going in and we're on 15% into the Nefarian fight, for example, in, in Blackwing Lair. And they would be like, oh, and they would click a button and it would crash the tank, right? So it would, it would, the add-on would actually crash, wow. The tank would just like be standing there 
a Nefarian would lose aggro and just go nuts and just wipe the whole raid. So there's a lot of malicious things you can do with add-ons too that if you're not careful about, you know, could really cause a problem. Troy, should they just be banned? Do you see benefits in them? Because ultimately, these companies don't want to get into that gray area of trying to manage them, right? This one's okay to use. This one's not okay to use. That is intensive resource-wise, time-wise. To This one's fine. That one's not. This one's fine. That one's not. Well, these ones are fine for people that might have vision issues. But by saying it's okay, people that don't have vision issues may use it in some way, unforeseen way. So, okay, well, thumbs up this. They don't want to get into that. They don't want to get into that. And right now, it clearly impacts World of Warcraft's design decisions. It doesn't yet in Final Fantasy XIV. Yet. It doesn't yet. Uh, should they just be banned? Or should they, do you, do you, you know, just rely on Blizzard or Square Enix to develop these things that enough players start screaming, look, I need to be able to see the timer on debuffs in the unit frames by the players. Why do I have to target somebody to see that they have 10 seconds left? Which is an example of a Final Fantasy one right now. You know, um, yeah, they, they, you don't want to manage that stuff, and it can be time-consuming to go in and which one's allowed, which one's not allowed. But you know what else is time-consuming? Developing these add-ons, a lot of which are actually useful tools that fills in gaps um, for either for certain people or just presents information in a way that I prefer to have it presented to me. Uh, even if it's information that's available in the game, maybe I just like it presented to me in a different way and it works better for me in that way. There's a lot to be said for what add-ons do, what they provide, uh, customability, customizing, uh, just the ability to just do things in a way that is better for you in the long term. Uh, I think some uh, also just improve the game overall over what the developers have done. So I think I don't think that they should be banned outright. I think there should be probably more managing of them, and I know nobody wants to hear that. But, <laughs> you know, if you want to include some of those in your game, that's fantastic. That's great. Uh, that way you've got more control over what they can and can't do, so you have to spend less time managing. But there's always gaps in, in what you've created, and there's always going to be holes that players are willing to fill with add-on creation. I totally forgot about this too, Dom. Kegel's bringing it up. Uh, this is, we're talking about a WoW world post-trimming back of the API yeah. because it gave a lot more than it does well, now. Do you remember in Wrath <laughs> of the Lich King there were add-ons where you could draw on the floor? Yeah. Like you can actually yeah. like create circles yes. and markers and be like, okay, the tank stands exactly in this spot. You know, like this is the spot. Do not move from there. Healers go, like you could draw that. Like guilds were using them to actually mark locations for players, which was great. My guild just used it to draw dicks all over the place. But, you know, like... <laughs> Uh, they they did they pulled back on that and uh, that was something that was just that trivialized things beyond belief. Um, that's something that Guild Wars Two has uh, mm -hmm. built in is the ability to draw on the maps and like yeah. you said it usually just gets used to draw dicks. Yeah, yeah what's exactly. that? What's the old pocket saying? I, well, I think it was Pocket that used to say it on on Game Breaker, right? It was the TTP. Mm -hmm. It was it was anytime you give creative control to players, it's just time to penis. Is yeah. is the stat? <laughs> it's the TTP. Uh, like choice the uh like i i prefer add-ons that give information like a, a key like you know when they did the uh the daily quests in i think it was what uh alteric mountains or something and they had like all the different rares that you would go fight and it's just like the add-ons i enjoy are the ones that be like this one drops this this one drops that mount this one drops a pet like 
all that information. That's what I like to just mouse over where the boss spawn or where the, the rare spawns, what it drops. Do I need to kill it? Okay. Move on, get out of my way. Like that's those were what I yeah. enjoy. I don't, and, I don't care about the Tar ones. Tark bringing something up from Final Fantasy fourteen. World of Warcraft does it too, where you can use the internal game markers to mark not mm -hmm. only enemies but also locations in the yeah. room. Like everybody go stand at Star and stuff like that. But Square Enix realized they had to trim that back a little bit because yeah. there were now add-ons that were auto placing, bap, 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 and just moving things on the fly. Like the reaction time became not human right like a human could not have changed those things havoc yeah. asking what about the quest add-on that would tell you where to go go a yeah, quest tracker you remember yeah. that back in the day a lot of yep. that now it's actually implemented now. in most it's, mmos right yeah was just I was gonna say, it's, in, it's in the default ui now but yeah. Yeah. yeah most mmos are just like yeah go in this direction there's no exploring get the hell mount up yeah. and go west <laughs> just go I started playing sidebar again. I started playing right before um, that add-on really became popular, and I just as I was started playing, I was still getting the guides that kind of said, you know, if you're you needed to kill this many things, go go over to this area of this zone and find this over here. And I had a friend who had introduced me to it, and he kept saying, you know, they've got this new add-on, you need to download. It. I was like, no, I've got my quest guides out here in front of me. I've, everything's fine. Like I know it's easy. I can just flip to this page and see where I need to go. And then I download the add-on, and I'm like. The fuck was I doing with my life? <laughs> it just made it so exponentially easier, even over even over having uh, the books in front of me that told me where to go and what to do. Yeah, auctioneer is so another easier. one. Yeah, I mean, there's just I don't know. Auctioneer's the reason I got into making money in auction houses. You <laughs> and you and forty percent of the yeah, <laughs> auction yeah. house sellers. Me, uh, I still looked at it. I was like, "That's too much effort." Yeah, I was just like, mm, "I could sell this and maybe get twenty five gold if I put this all up at on Friday, and I get that mm -hmm. much." Uh, oh, look, this NPC is going to give me nineteen silver. Sweet, let's just we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> And then I don't have to think about yeah, it anymore. Yeah. Like, John, <laughs> when am I going to use Runeweave anymore? I mean, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Takal so from chat talking about a person being smart, but players being idiots. Yeah, what was that from um, Men in Black? Isn't that Tommy Lee Jones? K, people are smart. Uh, or a person is smart. People are dumb, panicking, dangerous animals, and you know it. <laughs> I'm something, but I don't... Was it Men in Black? I don't know, but... Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I, I, I think that way too. I agree with those. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay, let, let's go. Let's talk about some upcoming I'm, titles. I'm glad we didn't spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, I, I only wanted to spend like five minutes on that, so yeah. I'm glad we only did 22. Now, yeah. uh, let's talk about some upcoming <laughs> upcoming titles. Uh, I have been enjoying both racing games lately, as in Gran mm -hmm. Turismo and uh, Forza Horizon. Uh, Gran Turismo's awful monetization aside <laughs> awful monetization which we have beat like a uh, dead horse on this show before uh, mm. and so I've always liked the Need for Speed series but lately the last X, you know 10-15 years hasn't really been all that great but now gents, Need for Speed 2 is the only good one Need for Speed is, uh, is, is in the works and and We've got two big ballers working on it. Criterion Games and the development team at Codemasters Cheshire. They're coming together for the new need for speed. Now, Criterion, uh, the burnout, right? 
Burnout oh, Paradise. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Three was game. still my favorite. Three yeah. was takedown. Yeah. Now, Codemasters Cheshire actually was what was left of Evolution Studios, and they did the Motorstorm series, which was assembled by Codemasters after Sony kind of closed Evolution. So those are two excellent teams on a Need for Speed title. Is there hope, Troy? Is there hope now for a really, really good Need for Speed? You know, it always kills me, these multi-billion dollar publishers who just like take something like like Need for Speed and just bounce it around to different studios just because like, oh, you're not doing anything today here. You do Need for Speed. And then, then what is, what is the, the critical and commercial success? It's now? Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's yeah. Troy's turn to do Need for Speed. Right? <laughs> Now, now you're finally going back and like, oh, look, I have some studios that specialize in this type of game. I'm going <laughs> to let them do a game. Can you imagine how much better this game's going to turn out just because <laughs> yeah. you actually have some people who know what they're doing and they're not going from, from RPG fantasy to need for speed? <laughs> you know, like the next week. Right, like Square Enix going, hey, that Crystal Dynamics team, I mean, they did a really bang up job with Tomb Raider. They've done a really bang up job with some other single player stuff. You know what? They, I, I I think we should sign them to do an Avengers live service game. <laughs> yeah, they they great. Or is that your favorite game, Mike? Oh, absolutely. Or Square Enix going. You know what? Platinum Games and that Bayonetta. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Mm -hmm. I'd love them to do a live service hack and slash game, and let's let's call it Babylon's Fall and make it look like an oil painting. This will be great. I mean, if, if if you were getting like all these these groups to, to come in and do like the, you know as you said like the RPG and come in and make the uh, the racing game from Ready Player One, like sure maybe that would make sense. You know, like you get all these weird action elements into it, but but not for Need for Speed. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. You know what else I've been playing a ton of Microsoft Flight Simulator. My life is boring. My life. I'm gonna play it after this. I'm going to play after this. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Those people, I got to get them from Pittsburgh to San Francisco, man. I got to. Real time. Five and a half hour flight. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no stopovers, Troy. No layovers. We're just doing it. Let's go. Let's go. Another one I am really excited about, and I want to see if you guys are too. I know a lot of other people are, and that's this one right here. Dead Space. Dead Space remake. I loved one. I really, really liked two. Three never happened. Three never happened. <laughs> it never happened. Now, You'd almost think it's a Valve game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got me. Uh, <laughs> got me. Uh, we knew about this. We, we talked about this a little while ago, but now we've got like a new art developer live stream and some stuff shown off. And we now know that it's going to be coming out on January 20, 27th, 2023. So not all that far away. Uh, about half a year, six, seven months. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I like Motive. You know, EA is EA. and But I, I would like to think that EA is like, all right, if we're going to reboot this, we cannot do what we did to number three. Like, we can't. Like, like we just can't. But it also is EA, so maybe they're going... You know, we were close with three. We were close. <laughs> so let's just shake it up a little bit. I love, so what we're watching right now in this B-roll is like a walkthrough 
of a uh, of like an engine room uh, with the devs and stuff. I gotta say, man, they nailed the atmosphere for me. They nailed the atmosphere for me. I cannot wait, Troy. Cannot wait. Yeah, at the end of the day, the the first Dead Space is the one that I always think about when I think about uh, the the positive memories of this game and what a big freaking deal it was when this game out this game came out and how it just kind of took over gaming for a while. That's all yeah. everybody was talking about was Dead Space, man. Like if you haven't played the original, uh, if you can't wait, go back and play it. But if you can wait, this thing looks like it's going to be everything it should be. So maybe just hold off and play it this this, this yeah. next gen remake i personally haven't played the original so i i think i'm going to wait for this remake i and for those that have played the original i hope that they they leave a couple surprises in there because like you always think you know where it's going yeah. and then it's yeah. it's yeah. not as exciting and then it takes like this weird left turn yeah. even if it's momentarily just before it gets back on track you know i don't, I don't even want to bring up final fantasy 7 remake and how much that screwed with everybody's head but like you know like just maybe a slight detour and then you know come back on you know like that that would that would be great so a uh, little story here dead space is actually the first um the the first game i played on a flat panel lcd mm-hmm. right like wow. so that was like what two, 2007 2008 somewhere in there i think it was 2008 but chat can correct me if i if i'm wrong i played it on the 360 and i had gotten my first lcd flat panel tv and i remember having havoc over at one point and my mom uh and and my other brother uh lou you uh, cory you guys know him as lou uh over at different points and i was just like just watch this you know just just watch i was gonna say at that time i bet that was amazing oh yeah oh yeah on an lcd flat panel yeah. 360 high definition and just watching the opening like movie hitting start and going through like the first zone or so first area of so in dead space just dripping with atmosphere uh absolutely a, a, a very fond memory fond memory of mine i cannot wait for this i just looked i have dead space 2 in my steam library but i don't have the first one do you think it's going to be delayed though like everything in its mother is being delayed they've given a specific mm -hmm. date here not not like a q1 2023 mm -hmm. they have specifically said troy january 27th 2023 make your bet now does it actually come out on that day i would be surprised if it if it launches that day it's it's almost going to have to be delayed at some point something's going to come up and it's going to get delayed i would be shocked to see it on that date next year Dom, you agree? I think so. Everything's getting delayed. Everything. So, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Um, speaking of delays, Bethesda <laughs> went ahead and delayed Starfield and Redfall into 2023. Uh, no. yeah, they both got delayed. They both got delayed. Uh, their announcement: We've made the decision to delay the launches of redfall and starfield to the first half of 2023 so sometime between january and june the teams at arcane austin redfall and bethesda game studio starfield have incredible ambitions for their games and we want to ensure that you receive the best most polished versions of them we want to thank everyone for their excitement for redfall and starfield that energy is a huge part of what inspires all of us every day and drives our own excitement for what we're creating we can't wait to share our first deep dive into the gameplay for both Redfield or Redfall and Starfield. 
uh, soon. Thank you for your support. Yeah, they didn't give was, any real, like, actual reasons why. They just need more time on it. Yeah. Wasn't Redfall originally slated for, like, summer this year? Is that uh, the one that was slated for summer? So it was supposed to have been just uh, probably a couple months away at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they you're right. They, they didn't really give a reason. I mean, it's not like what was uh, the uh, the day before um, where they they were like, oh, we're going to delay the game by a whole year because we're going to switch to Unreal Engine 5. Like, that's kind of a big deal, you yeah. know, and like that's yeah. respectable. It's like, oh, you want to, you know, make this game the best it could be. You need some more time. You're going to actually switch gaming engines like that. <laughs> that's that's cool. This there's no reason here. I'm kind of with Mad Martha in chat. Um, yeah, they can delay it all they want to, but this is still the <laughs> games. These are going to be buggy messes. It doesn't matter if they come out in 2026. Yeah. Uh, so we had uh, uh, Phil Spencer, Xbox Xbox head, come out and say in response to this delay, these decisions are hard on teams making the games and our fans. While I fully support giving teams time to release these great games when they are ready, we hear the feedback. Delivering quality and consistency is expected. We will continue to work better or work to better meet those expectations. Uh, kind of a weird statement. It's like, yeah, yeah, we, I totally support that they need more time, but we saw the internet's pissed and like, we'll try to do better. <laughs> we'll try to do better. Uh, God of War creator David Jaffe uh, just went apeshit on him. On Phil Spencer, by the way, uh, said that, you know, like Phil Spencer is 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 good at what he does. He's a visionary when it's coming to Game Pass and stuff like that. Um, but that maybe you probably shouldn't be involved in marketing and making statements like this. <laughs> he says uh, that he needs to uh, Phil Spencer needs to go get some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> He said, you suck, Phil Spencer. You are me when I was 28. Uh, and said that he was like, knew what he was doing and everything, but then realized, you know, there's stuff I'm not good at and I probably should have other people do those things for me. So a little war of word, war of words from the God of War creator there. Stay in your lane! <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Another one everybody's excited about, a lot of people, including myself here, got some concept images or some actual screenshot type stuff, and that's Alan Wake 2 from Remedy. Ooh. Troy, I know. Daddy's ready. <laughs> I am so ready. Uh, well, I hope you're going to be ready for a while because they were like, here's an anniversary update YouTube video. Here's some screenshots. And yeah, we'll see in a year. <laughs> they were like, some more screenshots. Yeah, they, they were like, that's it, that's it. Now we're gonna go dark for a while. Uh, so, good luck, Godspeed. Did you know the Alan Wake TV uh, live action show uh, that was like announced four or five years ago, like 2018? It's still a thing. Really? Yes. It's still a thing. They re Remedy revealed that Alan Wake TV adaptation, uh, this is according to Game Informer, which was announced four years ago, is still a real thing and very much happening. In fact, the studio has found a home for the series, AMC. Now, you know AMC from Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. 
yeah. now AMC Networks has purchased the rights to this Alan Wake adaptation. Remedy says there's still a lot to go for the series to become a reality, though, so don't expect to be watching an episode of it anytime soon either. So they're like, for all of you Alan Wake fans, we got a show. We got a sequel. We've confirmed the remaster of the original for Switch. But yeah, I mean, don't expect anything anytime soon, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that TV show's been in development for that long. I am not uh, holding my breath on that one either. Uh, but yeah, the original game, man, if you haven't played that, go back and play that. It's an atmospheric masterpiece. I love that game. Yeah, they, I mean, they even said, hey, we're hand. not going to be showing off anything big this summer either. So like, don't expect them to be at the like the summer game show or anything <laughs> here's, here's your piece of news yeah enjoy they're, they're in good hands with amc as long as they don't go like five six seasons in you know like you, you probably want to stop this pretty soon you know maybe a one season limited just, series or, or maybe two at most but just make it one or two seasons yeah. with a with a closing at the end and yeah, let's yep. move on with our lives exactly exactly those right. are the best you right. know uh, what else we got in the new game lineup? Oh, 505 Games is doing a showcase next week. A showcase stream next week. Tuesday the 17th. If you don't know 505 Games and their showcases, hoo-hoo-hoo, you haven't missed any because they've never done one. They've never... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second, yeah. what? <laughs> Did I misread? <laughs> they, have, they have never done one before. So they're going to do one next week. Nobody knows what they're going to show. <laughs> like, Perfect. Nobody knows. This is called their Spring 20, uh, 2022 Showcase. 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern on their YouTube channel on a Tuesday morning. The 9 a.m. Eastern. I'm mm. totally there. Yeah. I mean, that is primo gamers are awake to watch your stuff oh, yeah. timing right there. Uh, it'll all, it'll all get leaked Nintendo. on the, It'll all get leaked on the internet here in a day or two anyway, so it won't yeah. matter. Well, I think that's yeah. why I think that's why it's scheduled for Tuesday. They were like, if we schedule it for Tuesday, there won't be time to leak it. Like, it's <laughs> like a Nintendo conference, you know. Let, let's do Pokemon at eight in the morning, you know. I mean, that we, makes sense at least because their you know their audience is in Japan, different time zones. But right, know. I mean, so there are some things we think maybe they could show. Uh, I loved Control. Uh, I plat mm -hmm. I platinumed Control. Uh, I absolutely love that game. And there's the multiplayer kind of spin-off title that we already knew that they were working on. So maybe that shows up. They're the publisher, too, for the sequel to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, a fantastic Metroidvania, very mm -hmm. much in the style of, of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, if you have not played it. Fantastic game. Um, so we know that they're the publisher for that, so maybe we could see that there. But, like, I, I don't... I don't know a a anything else, right? Uh, they're they're working on they're the publisher for some fantasy like dark fantasy RPG from uh, Mercury Steam, who did Metroid Dread. But like uh, the stuff that I was following of theirs, like legitimately following, is already released. Yeah, like the Ayudan Chronicle Rising that was uh, a few days ago, May tenth. Uh, they did the Death Stranding director's cut on PC. Like those are the things that I think people might have said oh that's 505 oh okay but those are those are already out so i i don't know they've got something that they think is worth putting out there in this sort of worth an inaugural showcase yeah at six uh, in the morning west their... coast time <laughs> i'm looking at their list of games right now on on their wikipedia page and uh 
The only one that I, I recognize off of a quick uh, search through is Cooking Mama. Oh, yeah. That was like a huge controversy, too. It the, was. The, yeah. What yeah. was it? Cooking Star or, or Cooking? What, what, whatever the, ver the latest version of that was. Yeah. Yeah, there was a huge... They're going to show video games, so there we go. They, they did release uh, uh, Bust a Move Online back in 2007. Mm. Look at that screenshot. Looks like an episode of Hoarders. Ooh. Wait a minute. That looks rather dark, Troy. I have a friend who uh, built on the houses that looks like that. How about this? Huh. That's uh, that's rather dark. Creepy looking. What is this? Let's take a look at this one. A little SMS action. Is this uh, like a text message? What is this? Looks like your sister's bedroom. <laughs> What's up on your <laughs> night? <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's freaky. That's freaky and spooky. <laughs> Kegels letting everybody don't do math. All right, that's really freaky. Like. Dom, this this looks like some straight up Silent Hill shit. I mean, this does. This looks like. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh my god. These are leaked Silent Hill screenshots. Potentially. No. Potentially. No. No. Aesthetic gamer, you probably if you remember uh, Dusk Gollum, it's the same person. Posted these images, supposedly a Silent Hill link, uh, leak, adding they originated from a source that was new to them, but they had given more than enough proof for them to believe them, uh, and that they thought that there's more that they know, but this is all that they were going to spill. This has been concept art dated back to October 20th of 2020, actually signed by Masahiro Ito. That's the monster designer and art director from the original Silent Hill trilogy. Uh, and so if like you look in the graffiti at the wall and stuff like that you can see his signatures in there uh, maybe they're real maybe they're not but you know oh okay, okay. Troy th this makes sense though this makes sense though like if you're Konami and somebody says they've leaked Silent Hill screenshots or concept art the way you you squelch those rumors right is you just ignore them right you yeah, just, you, you just, just you just don't acknowledge them. Or if somebody asks you to comment, we don't comment on leaked stuff. We don't comment on rumors and speculation. What's that'll kill it quicker than anything? What's the one surefire thing you can do as Konami that is going to almost validate all the leaks to everybody that sees them? Be pissed off about it. Pissed off enough to tweet about it. DMCA the, the images. Oh my god, yeah. That's exactly what happened. That's exact these images you're seeing, they you can't find the original tweets anymore from Aesthetic Gamer. They immediately got uh DMCA copyright struck by Konami. But they're not totally not Silent Hill, Dom. Totally no. not Silent Hill. To totally not. Sorry, my uh microphone software crash yeah, for the um, record i just got distracted i just cut myself for the second time ever on a live stream <laughs> 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 i 
this is not my first time cutting myself. Off. <laughs> hey, okay, so Troy, how did you cut yourself this time? Um, so what are I you was sitting there playing with, with a box cutter? I was sitting here fidgeting with this bottle cap, and I had this pair of scissors, and I was just jammed this pair idiot. of scissors. <laughs> you need you need like a little fidget toy, you know, on your desk. How did you do well, it the first time? The first time I was fidgeting with this pocket knife. <laughs> uh, I did that on an MMO bomb show one time. I sliced myself with a with a pocket knife. I think yeah. every time we do a show from now on, I'm gonna be like, uh, before we start, Troy, could you move Troy, anything? Please put sharp? away your sharp objects. All your sharp objects. I am I am bleeding profusely at the moment. So, what do you think, guys? Is this is this real? Are we going to get a silent a new Silent Hill? There, I mean, I mean these inevitable. have been rumors forever, right? Yeah, it's inevitable. We have to get one at some point. But regardless, if Kojima is not involved, it's not going to be any good. I was going to say, do we trust Konami to make a good Silent Hill game at this point? I mean, it's theirs to do whatever they want to with, I guess. But as consumers, do you, are you really going to like buy in? to Konami just kind of doing this now at this point, knowing what Konami is and what they've been recently. Troy, chat wants I mean, to this know... This isn't the Konami of old. Chat wants to know, Troy, if your mental health, are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. All right, the just... real question is, how do you know this isn't concept art for a pachinko machine? Uh, because there's not big waifu boobies on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's how Konami rolls, is, is big waifu uh, uh, Konami Castlevania Silent Hill boobs. Gotcha. Bubes. Um, take a look at this patent in other miscellaneous news. Microsoft is patenting a system that would allow players to access physical games on the digital-only platforms like the Xbox Series S that you know does not have a disk drive. It's just made for downloading and installing. Uh, and I think this is kind of weird, right, that uh, we just happened to see this, Dom, after... Xbox didn't have the best <laughs> internet week in the world over the last mm. seven or ten days, and people lost access to uh, stuff. So this mm. is a, a little a little weird. So the patent shows a method in which a user could insert a disk into an external disk drive, which would authenticate it and then allow the game to be played on an Xbox Series S or an Xbox One S. Now, it would still only be, like, a, a temporary authentication. Otherwise, you could just, like, authenticate it and go, go sell the disc and still be able to play it. <laughs> so it's, it's probably going to be, like, a temporary thing. And who knows, like, if it ever comes to fruition, right? I mean, a lot of these companies and patents we talk about on the show here, they never see the light of day. They just patent them so that nobody else can. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that this patent gets revealed on the, the heels of the week that was as far as accessing your digital Xbox games via Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Would you like this? Like, where, So I guess you would have to buy some external drive, right? I would have to buy an Xbox first. It just, well, that too. But this, <laughs> So I'm just thinking about this. Let, let's walk through this, guys. Troy, you buy a digital Xbox S, Series S, mm -hmm. and then you say, you know what? I really would like to be able to go buy that physical version of that game at, at GameStop or wherever and take it home and play it. But too bad I bought the digital-only one. Oh, wait, there's a workaround. As long as I go buy this external disk drive, that like, wait, why didn't you just buy the Series X then? 
If 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 you wanted, that's what I'm thinking is like if if you bought the digital only version of an Xbox, you know what you're getting. You don't care about physical copies of stuff. You just want digital downloads. That's the way I'm now. Everything I do now is digital download on some oh, some shape. I'm too or much. Fashion. I'm too much of a physical baby. Like yeah, obviously, I, I do. I do uh, digital downloads for things that that's the yeah. only way, or or Steam and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, my my consoles. There are very few games on my PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X or any of the previous uh, internet-capable ones where I have only a digital game. I'm so much of a physical collector, it's not even funny. Yeah. Troy, why don't you go I get think, a Band-Aid or something? I think you're part of a slowly dying... Breed. Oh, I most definitely wow. am. I have like 1,100 Blu-ray discs. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to know how many DVDs and VHS tapes are in here either. Like, I am absolutely a dying breed. One person was like, one of my friends a long time ago was like, yeah, I can watch all of my stuff on the go. And I was like, yeah, I can watch all of mine when society collapses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is cool when I still run across. I won't like, be able to play old... video games because they totally still rely on online connections and DRM and shit. But I'll yeah. be able to watch every single one of my Blu-rays, bitches. Yeah, it's still cool when I run across like the old spore box or the old World of, World of Warcraft boxes and stuff. Like when I'm rummaging through things in the house, I mean it's a little nostalgia bomb. But like this day and time, I have no desire to go out and buy a physical copy of anything. If I'd rather just digital download it, be done with it. I don't go to go interact with human beings. I just push a button, I pay for it, I have the game. Let's go, I play it. Right, but well, sometimes you run into a situation where like look at uh, the movie Dogma, for example. Unless you own it on on DVD or you like pirate it somewhere there's no way to watch it it's not available on any digital service anywhere and it never will be uh just because of bad licensing rights so you may run into that problem where a game just disappears and the only way to get it is physical if you had it you're lucky you get to play it whenever you want but digitally no one will ever be able to play it again I think Troy maybe getting you out of the house a little more would like not <laughs> <It's> unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, you might not cut yourself with scissors sitting next to your desk as much if you walked out. I just want to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay. still bleeding? Do you need a bandaid? I've got a. I've got a... Okay. <laughs> uh, so here's uh. uh... I don't know how to feel about this. You guys know I'm a Resident Evil guy. I love Resident Evil. I love mm. the shitty Resident Evil Mila Jovovich movies. I am okay with the CGI movies as well. Mm. Uh, it, you, uh, the latest one wasn't that great on, uh, what was it? I don't even remember. Was it Netflix? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Netflix. Um, now we're getting live action series. And, and so there's something about this that I do like, right? They are saying that, like, everything is canon. Everything that's happened in the games has happened here, uh, right? You know, Albert Wesker was blown up in a volcano by a rocket launcher. We know that. <laughs> P.S. Wesker's back in this show, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and they're saying it doesn't come back down to the fact that he's wearing a lava and rocket-proof clothes or anything like that. We're very aware of what happened, and it will be dealt with. But all the events, like, everything is canon, they also recognize, like, uh, even Resident Evil Village, which is set in uh, 2021, that's less than a year before the events of the show, the live-action show. They're saying, yeah, that stuff is happening in some instances concurrently with the show. 
Uh, we're not going to see that in this season because, you know, two different, totally different places uh, mm-hmm. where these things are taking place. And so I really like that aspect. I got to say, the trailer's butts. Like, the trailer, <laughs> the trailer is total butts. It is absolute butts. Uh, I'm a little nervous that this is going to be just bloody awful, Troy. Just bloody awful. Oh, I mean, even I, I also guilty pleasure some of the older uh, uh, movies and stuff, the Mila Jovovich movies and stuff as well. I just but binged all good, of them while I was... They're not really good movies, though. Oh, no, they're I mean? terrible movies, but yeah. I, I binged all of them just like two weeks ago while working. They were my white noise for a day or two. Yeah, and, and I got a feeling that the, a show like this is probably more the same. A lot of what they do is uh, outside of the games is sort of, it, it's not that good, but maybe you can guilty pleasure it out a little bit. I hope so, Dom. I hope so. I just look at stuff like this and I'm like, hey, you know what Resident Evil fans want? Movie versions of the games. You know what yeah. we don't get? Movie, Movie versions, versions of, of the games. games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the games already tell fantastic stories. Most of them. Most of them. Some of them are. I still haven't seen Uncharted yet, so I, I, I need to get around to watching that one. I, the, this trailer like actually turns me off to the show. <laughs> I mean, the one saving grace that I could say is uh, Lance Reddick is in it. Uh, I think he's playing Wesker, actually. Um, but I love Lance Reddick. He's fantastic. I don't know, boys. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They did say, like, hey, you know, maybe you'll see Lady D in, in season two. Mm-hmm. They don't that cross over, be obviously, because they're happening so far apart. But certainly mm-hmm. now Village is part of our lore. If we wanted to now put a giant vampire woman in season two, we can. Yeah, go, go ahead and just then. Then, just then you might that. get my attention. Let's just go ahead and do that. Just yeah, go ahead just, and do that. Just now. Uh, before we get over to our games of the week, Dom, you wanted to look at this little Overwatch clip since we don't do mm. Snowbound. Uh, I did. Th- I did see this. Uh, when I thought when you added it, I was like, okay, because I almost put it in the show notes, but yeah, 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 when you did, I was like, all right, fine, we'll talk about it. So, so what yeah. do we got going on here? This is absolutely insane. You you see, uh, Florida Mayhem sets up a Maywall on the the roof of the building, and then you have a Symmetra set a teleport up on top of the Maywall, which should not really happen to begin with, uh, to go over the entire map. And jump down basically on uh, Paris uh, Eternal. This was it's live in a tournament, insane. by the way. Yeah. Live in a tournament, and immediately, uh, do I just not have this on loop? Is that what's going on? Um, immediately, oh yeah, I do. Um, they were like, okay. Blizzard was like, let's stop <laughs> right there, everybody. We're yeah. gonna go ahead and uh, have you restart this round <laughs> before the you opposing just, team could even ask. Like you just the, see the, when the the Ryan leaps over and like starts swinging at Widow. Widow's like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> it's just it's really funny. <laughs> uh, was this Overwatch two or or one? I can't tell. I don't. Uh, know. It might even be Overwatch three. <laughs> Who knows at this point. So I did think there was something funny that was said by the commentary. I'm not playing the commentary. Uh, in the, mm-hmm. There is commentary to the video. One of the shoutcasters, though, Dom, I don't know if you you recognize this. When he does it, they, they go, what the heck? What the? Oh, my goodness. And then, then he says something that I'm sure he regrets. 
Because then he says, I can't believe this. There's no way they were ready for that. This is EU ranked play all day. And I'm like, yeah. oh, so they cheat. This is EU <laughs> level ranked play in a nutshell. That's in a nutshell. Is, that's, is, what yeah. it, that's what it is. <laughs> and I'm and obviously like he's just saying, you know, good play, creative thoughts yeah. and stuff like that. And no, no disparaging EU. They generally kick our ass yeah. at, at most of these uh, competitive at, tournaments. At, near, at nearly everything. You're right. 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 Yeah. So no, no disparaging my mm. EU friends. But I just like from the shoutcaster's perspective, <laughs> like when you find out that Blizzard is immediately like, "Whoa, that is cheating! Don't do it." I think you might be like, "Well, I probably shouldn't have said this is EU ranked play in a nutshell if it's deemed to be cheating." <laughs> yeah, but so like they they had the other team had the option of like restarting it. I think, and obviously they they took it, but. Well, no, from if what you, I read, they they were going to ask for a restart, but Blizz had already ruled okay. that it was going to be restarted. Like, they, so, they didn't even wait for the other team to complain. But it, can, in, in this, if you know of an exploit and you know you're going to lose, can you just exploit to get a restart? Like, that that seems like an exploit right there. Oh, you're an exploit. Let's go do, do, do <laughs> games of the week. Oh. Uh. This is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here on Ready Check Radio. Uh, and this is where we give you our recommendation for a game of the week. Could be a video game, PC, console, could be a tabletop game, card game, a mobile game. We don't care. This is where we give you our recommendation for something we think you should check out that we're playing, we played before, we've never played, but think you might like. And you let us know in the comments on readycheckradio.com and on YouTube. Who gave the best recommendation? I'm going to go first this week, and I'm going to recommend Evil Dead The Game. It is fantastic. Uh, I really liked Friday the 13th, the game, before its legal troubles the, uh, that had nothing to do with the game. They were over the movie and the character rights, but it forced the game into like this frozen area. It's asymmetric gameplay. Think Evolve. Think Friday the 13th. Think Dead by Daylight. One monster for heroes co-op pvp that type of thing totally awesome it is very very well done came out yesterday on multiple platforms including pc unfortunately on pc you have to use the epic game store at the moment but you can buy it on every other platform as well there's even some solo like mission stuff that you can do uh as well if you are an evil dead fan Bruce Campbell does all the voice work. All a bunch of the main characters are there. Pablo's missing, but you know probably be there in future DLC and things like that. Uh, some of the baddies, classic baddies, Evil Ash is there. All, setting traps is amazing and a ton of fun when you are the the demons. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Go check it out. Uh, that's going to be my game of the week recommendation. Go ahead, Troy. Uh, this week, I'm going to go with something that you can pick up in Target or Walmart, a cooperative game that's a little easier to get into, a little simpler of a game. It's called Horrified. It's you and your friends against the Universal Studios classic movie monsters uh, like the Frankenstein monster, Bride of Frankenstein monster, Dracula, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Swamp Thing. Each one has a unique set of scenarios that you have to complete in order to defeat them. Uh, you've each got additional powers and things that special things that you and only you can do. You've also got to keep citizens safe throughout the town while fighting these monsters. You can choose one, two, or three monsters depending on your difficulty level. Horrified, easily to play easy to get into a lot of fun cooperative you can pick it up uh pretty much anywhere that simpler board games are sold 
Fantastic. Dom. Dom. Oh, me. Sorry, you were lagging a little. I didn't know. Um, so, uh, a little bit different. Uh, I, I've been addicted to this mobile game uh, called BeatStar, and it's, uh, it's a rhythm-based DDR-style game for your thumbs. It's absolutely fantastic. It is free to play. There are some microtransactions for, for songs, but if you're patient, you could just earn free gems and get most of the songs. Damn um, it. You know me in rhythm games. What's this called? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Beat Star. You said it's mobile. It is mobile, yeah. Uh, I'm not a. And there are player. leaderboards. You can you can compete against your friends. So you know, I know how competitive you are, Mike. So I mean, you can go back and forth at it. Hey, there was there was a time when you and I were top twenty in the world at Astro for, Lab. For Astro, yeah. Beat Star, touch your music. Yep. All right, yep. we'll go ahead and install Dirty. that. It is, that does sound dirty. That does sound dirty. <laughs> Speaking of dirty, uh, Havoc, I didn't put it in the show notes. You guys have any thoughts on uh, Master Chief getting his groove on in the uh, Halo Live series? And will never watch a single like, episode of For that. some reason, <laughs> he, he gets his groove on, has, uh, has his sex, and it triggers some events that could bring about the downfall. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You didn't watch any of it? wearing his helmet? Or oh, no? I would have left it on. <laughs> No, I think he removed the helmet on the series. I, I leave my Master Chief helmet on when I'm with Demina. So I, if oh. I was actually Master Chief, I would absolutely leave the helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> at all times. At all times. At all times. That's going to do it for us here tonight on Gaming Gumbo. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we will be back next week. Everything is now back to normal schedule-wise. My show is over, all that stuff. So we will be doing Final Fantasy TCG streaming uh, on Monday. We'll be doing the Relic Grind, the Square Enix Final Fantasy 14 show on Thursdays again. And this show has always has just always been Saturday. We just skipped a week or two, so no changes there. So make sure you join us, all of our volunteer streamers. You can check out the schedule down below on uh, Twitch. No Torchwick tonight. He'll be back next Saturday, though. Until next week, Troy, where can everybody find you? Everything I do go through, goes through Twitter at NoobFridge, and catch me every Wednesday, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb. Dom? Uh, you can find me down, I believe, right here at uh, Itzista. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, and we'll tweet at you every time we go live with a podcast, hangout, or any of our volunteer streamers takes to the waves. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Good luck eating any of my stories on the server.